All right, so we have a couple people piling in now, and I know we're going to go ahead and go live on the different platforms. We're going to give that a second while our team gets it up and running. Perfect. We got a bunch of people joining in now, so we'll give it a minute or two until we start our content. So for everyone that's watching on, let's say we just went live on the different platforms, we're going to be live right now on Facebook, LinkedIn, I believe, YouTube. Um, one important thing, if you're in those, we will try and get to your questions, but we don't always get them. So if you want, head over to the mspinitiative.com or head over to our Facebook page. You can get the Zoom link on there. Join us, ask some questions directly. Um, as always, these are recorded, so these will be available later. We know a lot of people like to watch these later on. Maybe some of, you know, some of the rest of the people from uh, Australia watch them. <laughs> Not all of them are as crazy as Paul to be up in the middle of the night joining us, but we're appreciative that he's here. Um, but, you know, furthermore, um, if anybody has any questions, chat, QA, we, we try and use them all, but um, QA is probably the easiest way to just keep organized make sure we get through all of them for you. So with that being said, we'll kick things off. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us today for another episode of the MSP Initiative. I'm very uh, proud to be joined here by Paul Azad today. If anybody doesn't know Paul, Paul has a great history in the market. He was an MSP himself, ran a very successful organization, grew it to a really healthy size through some unbelievable operational efficiencies and some other cool tips and tricks of the trade that hopefully he'll share some with us today, and then kicked off and launched Service Trade. So I'll let him talk to you a little bit about what that looks like, but then I want to get into some of what he's seeing in the market, some of what, you know, the things we've been doing for the past few weeks here, which is understanding how the different parts of the world are reacting, how we can help, and really what we should be looking at operationally in, in our businesses to keep growing and, and stay ahead of this thing. So, Paul, I'll let you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you do, and we'll go from there. Sure. Um, my name is Paul Azad. I uh, started my MSP back in 2000. Uh, so I've been um, a long time MSP and, uh, you know, we went through a lot of the growth pains and um, the fun of being an MSP over that sort of 20 year period. And um, sort of about five years ago, we were looking at how to, you know, how to do things differently. Uh, I, you know, I speak to a lot of MSPs all the time and a lot of MSPs get to the same point we were where you feel like you're on the hamster wheel where you're going round and round circles. You're not going ahead. You're not going backwards, but it, you wake up in the morning. You think, do I really want to be doing this? What am I doing? Because it feels like you're hitting yourself at a brick wall. Um, and it's interesting because some, some MSPs talk about this sort of financial, um, you know, the ceiling, right? They talk, talk about that. There's a, there's a line in the sand at around $2 million and there's a line in the sand at $4 million where an MSB gets to that point and doesn't get past it. Um, and it's interesting because it's only now that I look back to sort of think it's not a financial, um, it's not a financial barrier. It's, it comes around what you, what you've done and the processes and the efficiencies that you've done. And, it's really what made us, um, you know, made us sort of do the big changes that we had to do. So, um, yeah, so still an MSP. I, um, you know, we decided about 18 months, two years ago, we, we did a, uh, a, big, um, a big project within the company called a balanced scorecard. Now, I don't know anybody that's done that. It's sort of, it's things that the big, big, uh, big, big companies sort of do. It looks around your different pillars of your organization and the structure and how you, you know, how you can achieve growth and success. And going through that, we actually uh, were able to identify that 
going forward that is actually more around being a partner to MSPs rather than being an MSP. So um, the strategy was to look at uh, releasing Service Tree. So we released Service Tree as a product um, and then sort of scaled back the MSP because I'm a big believer that you can't really do two things, two great things in, you know, at the same time. You always end up slicing your work and I didn't want to be doing that. So I wanted to focus on one. So the MSP is still there. It's just smaller and uh, Service Tree Connect or Service Tree is the, um, is the, is our drive at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And, you know, I think that's, it's always a debated topic, right? Is it a certain number of employees? Is it a certain dollar figure? Where's kind of that point that a lot of MSPs get caught up? And I've heard both sides and um, I always find it interesting you know, obviously you have a different view on it because you know, you're out of the Australian market, which to me was a really interesting market. I feel that the Australian tech market has been very fast adoption, quick growth, um, which has been interesting to watch. But at the same point, you came from there and then launched into the U.S. and you have work with partners all over the world now. So um, it's, it's, you know, did you see a big difference when you got out of that traditional market you were in? And yeah, definitely. I mean, it was interesting because our CFO said launch in Australia and I'm like, no, no, I, I was very adamant that I wanted to go into the US and there was two reasons. The first one is the US market's bigger and obviously that brings opportunity, but it's not, that was, that wasn't the drive for me. The drive was that in the US market being so big, you have so many different um, challenging uh, components being an MSP. Um, there's so many MSPs in the same area yet they're not overlapping and so you can speak to a whole group of msps and the the outcome of each of the msps is quite different so in australia like a lot of the msps are out of the three main capital cities and so you don't get the collaboration that you get out of the us because of that so with that in mind we sort of thought you know the us market is the better one to sort of mark into um and to be honest i enjoy the us market i mean i spend most of my time in the us um out of miami so i really enjoy miami so i spend a lot of time there and um <laughs> back, back back in australia at the moment thanks to covid but um looking dying to get back across um back across as soon as i can yeah absolutely we uh, we got a chance to do a couple of road shows there and then Unfortunately, you had to head home and I think you got quarantine, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. It was like, it was just after the second one. Actually, it was a day, I think I ended up flying out. I actually flew on the day of the third road show, so I had to end up doing it um, mm -hmm. yeah, remotely. But it was, I enjoyed it. I really enjoy the US market. It's, it's, it's a great market um, from, it, from the MSP space. It's really good, yeah. Very educational. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's... Let's jump into it. I mean, obviously, COVID's a weird time, and we're seeing a lot of people reevaluate, you know, finances, operational efficiency, that we're doing things right. What's a good place for somebody to start? You talk about assessments, you talk about operationally, financially. Where should somebody really, you know, now we've got more time home than ever, and I feel, yeah. you know, a lot of people are actually diving into work more than they ever were. Where should somebody start today to really look at a business and say, am I going the right direction? Am I doing the right thing? I think the the key is that you've got to look at data and that's unfortunately an area that most PSAs uh, are really data rich, but getting the data out is not easy. Um, and, you know, I, I, I love speaking to MSPs. I, I spoke to an MSP out of, uh, of the New York area a few weeks ago and I said to him, just give me the ticket list that you've got for the last 90 days. 
And I went through it and I looked at it and I'm like, based on this, these are the areas that I'm sort of seeing based on this, this is the uh, amount of tickets you're logging in. What's really interesting is a lot of MSPs are reporting that the teams are busier now. And, and I, and I, don't believe it. And, and the reason why I don't believe it is because if you look at the data, it's not right. Um, so we, you know, one of the areas that we helped was to get them to look at the data from, you know, a month or two months ago. And over and over again, what we're seeing is the ticket counts have dropped, which therefore should mean your amount of time should have reduced, right? But because of this uncertain time, you know, technicians are a bit savvier than that. So instead of showing that they're not as busy, that they're bumping up their times. And, and, and my simple thing is this, is that if you were doing say a hundred tickets last month and you're only doing 70 tickets this month, like in, in a week, for example, in a day, then technically your, your utilization should be lower. But a lot of people, the utilization is higher. It's like, so if tickets are taking longer, why is that the case? And, and there, you know, when you look at that, it's really important to understand what a cost of a ticket is. And it's something that we've looked at for a long time. In my MSP, we actually went back and um, instead of looking at utilization or um, pr um, productivity, which is more what I believe is more a outcome, we looked at the source data and we looked at how long an average ticket was taking, right? Because if you can look at the average time a ticket was taking, then you can sort of apply that really simply. Um, and the other thing that we found is um, not everybody understands numbers and percentages. And that was something that I was surprised by because I'm a really, like mass, I'm very strong at it. I, I can pull numbers out really, really quickly. I can multiply and do a lot of stuff on the fly. And, um, and for me, that was not an issue. But what I found is a lot of tech people, like the technicians, were struggling when, I, when we talked about 70% utilization, 80%. It's like, how do you work that out? How many minutes? And all that kind of gray area. And like my team was up to close to 50 before I started scaling it back. And what I found was it was a lot easier to say, listen, on average, a ticket takes 22 minutes, right? It was a lot easier to put 22 minutes in there or even round it down to 20 minutes and say, okay, if you did eight tickets, eight times 22 is, you know, 160 simple numbers. If you want to get, you know, times it by 22, 176 minutes. Okay. What does that mean? That's just under three hours worth of work. That was a lot easier than to turn around and say, well, you worked four and a half hours. 70% of that is this, this. And so we actually got to the simpler side of it. And now I say the same thing to the, to the MSPs and I'll say to them, how long is your average ticket? Has that changed pre COVID and in COVID? Cause it shouldn't have right? Um, but it definitely is. It, it's happening over and over again. Those numbers are definitely dropping down. Um, the amount of ticket, the amount of time that they're spending per ticket is going up um, and there's no transparency. And so, um, you know, I, I, it's got to be a win-win, right? And unfortunately, a lot of the way we, a lot of MSPs are doing, some MSPs are sort of saying, you know, our uh, our sales are down or our, you know, our monthly recurring is down. We're just going to cut staff. Um, they've also got to be aware that once that things, one thing start picking up again, it's not going to be easy to pull those teams back in. Right. So there's going to be a ramp yeah. up period. Um, the good people are going to be gone. Uh, but then the other hand is you've got a lot of MSPs that are just holding on to their people with no consideration at what's that going to impact to their financial bottom line.
because at the end of it, if you if you look at the numbers, it really shows that on average, you know, the tickets are down. So we need to adjust our team count based on that number and, and be mindful of that. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I don't know we kind of brainstormed before this, but a couple of different things that might be good points for, for uh, MSP to look at. What would you say is the average cost per tech and how is that going to change during the virus? Um, okay. So what we, what we sort of see is that based on a 22 minute average ticket, it's costing about $13 a ticket, right? So it's really interesting when people turn around and say, how did you work that out? Um, so before my MSP, I used to work in fast food and something that we learned there is everything equates to some form of transaction. So in fast food, they talk about um, average, you know, speed of service, how long it takes per transaction, um, you know, dollar per man hour. So how many dollars worth of burgers or chips you're selling for how many labor hours. And so they're really simple concepts. Um, and that's how McDonald's, KFC are able to scale and, 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 and you know, grow to the size they are. Um, so we, we sort of applied that sort of meant, um, sort of that thought process into an MSP. And so, yeah, at the pre COVID an average ticket is about $13, right? Unfortunately in COVID it's actually costing a lot more because of the inefficiencies and people are not keeping an eye on it. Um, and then the reason why it's really important to understand the cost of a ticket then you want to understand how many tickets each endpoint is being logged, each endpoint is logging a month. And then you multiply the numbers and you can work out what your cost is. And so, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I can't fathom when I speak to MSPs and they don't track their ticket count or the utilization. I'm like, and I always relate it back to food. I'm like, okay, can you just imagine McDonald's? Yeah and it doesn't matter which brand, can you imagine McDonald's and they don't care about how much a slice of bread or cheese costs them, right? And you go, well, no. And most businesses, if you were to start a new business today, right, just say it's going to be Alec Burgers on the corner down the road, you're not going to start that and say, I'm going to start a new restaurant today. And based on the guy on this corner, he's selling burgers for $5. This one's selling over six. I'm going to sell it for five fifty. You'd never do that. You'd go, okay, the rent is going to cost me this. The insurance is going to cost me this. I'm going to need this much labor, this much cheese, whatever, whatever. I need to sell a thousand burgers at this price point. Is it going to be, you know, is it going to be profitable? But in our MSP world, most MSPs don't do any of those calculations. And then they hope that they look at their P&L and go, hey, I'm profitable or not. And, I, and I, for me, it's like, guys, we, it's, it's not, it's really not, I, it's not easy, but it's, it's very calculated, right? So you can work this out before time and say, well, based on this, this is what we can do. This is our, you know, the cost of a ticket. And what does that mean to my business? Because um, profitability isn't the name of the game. It's definitely a strong component of being in business. But if you're not profitable, you can't invest in your people. You can't invest in your tools. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I keep an eye on Reddit all the time. And some of the um, posts I sort of see is, oh, you know, I'm not going to buy this tool. I'm not buying this RMM. It's expensive. I'm looking for a free version. And I'm like, free, there's a place and time for free, but it's not in business because it's always a cost. And so um, it doesn't matter if it's from my phone system, from an RMM, from a ticketing platform. You've got to understand what is the cost of free. And put your money where it counts. But a lot of these MSPs are looking for free because they don't know where the money's coming and more importantly, where it's going. And so a lot of times it's more 
cost effective to spend money on a tool that you can reduce your time and be more profitable than it is to look for something that's free. No, absolutely. I, I think a couple of crucial mistakes I've, I've learned over the years, a lot of people track, you know, the hardware, right? Devoid uh, customers know exactly how much their phones cost them or exactly how much the service is put in cost. But it's really easy to lose track of how much am I paying tech one, tech two, and tech three, how much their time is spent. You know, it's, there's always that kind of tipping point that a lot of people talked about over the years is how much time is too much time on one client. And, and, mm. and you know, a lot of these touch points you're talking about, I think, lead back to that and get back into that harder discussion to have. I mean, people have fire. I've heard many stories about people firing one of their biggest clients because they just became no longer profitable. Mm. Um, you know, let, let's touch on that. I thought like that's an age old one. What, you know, what point is, is, is too much? <laughs> and, and what are those top points to track on that? Um, well, we track, in my MSP, we've tracked for a long time the cost per ticket. And so then we would look at, um, and the other metric that we also look at is the ratio of endpoints to technicians, right? So if you've got 10 technicians and you're running 100, uh, uh, like 1,000 endpoints, that's a 100 to 1 ratio. That actually isn't very high. Um, under 120, 130 is actually quite low. And the, the, cost of, the consequence of that means that you're not, your, your gross margin on per endpoint is not there, which therefore means that you are gonna be those kind of organizations that run into the problem, I need to look for free software, cheaper options, right? Um, so we always looked at that. So we looked at that metric and sort of looked at it and said, if this, and if this customer's got say 100 endpoints, and our ratio is 150 to one, that means I should be able to log that many tickets. And the, we did the reverse math. Based on the amount of endpoints per technician, we actually worked back as what does that mean per how many tickets they're logging. So on that, if you're logging 100, if you've got a ratio of 130 endpoints per technician, each endpoint is logging about 2.4 tickets per month. Right. So that is an interesting number because now you turn around and say, okay, 2.4 uh, tickets per month at $13 a ticket. What does that mean? It costs about 38, say $40 per endpoint. Okay. If you're charging $75 per endpoint, because that's what sort of the average is, minusing uh, tool stack, minusing security, um, people go, I'm making $35, but that's actually not profitable. You need to be really at around $120. You've got to be at a three to one ratio or three X to be profitable. So the smaller MSPs aren't sort of seeing that and, and they're sort of like, it's $35 I'm making money, but that $35, you've got to pay for electricity, marketing, sale, all those other elements. And so um, we didn't, we didn't sort of say is a customer big or small. We applied those numbers and said, okay, just say Alec bookkeeping services, you've got hundred endpoints. Our ratio is 150 to one, which means we're logging about two tickets. Okay. Are you logging 200 tickets a month? Yes, that's good. Are you logging 240 tickets a month? That's a bit too high. What do we need to do to reduce that? Um, and rather than sort of most of your customers can be profitable, right? Um, there, there are going to be some customers that aren't profitable because of the management overhead, or you'll have somebody within that organization that is demanding. Um, that should be able to be managed through agreements and SLAs. Um, and that's another area that we sort of see um, in the US market, which actually is the part that surprised me the most, is most MSPs don't have an SLA with their customers. And so 
it's very hard to have the conversation with the customer and say, well, this is, this is not part of our agreement. And they're like, well, I'm paying you X amount per month per endpoint. I understand that. But the request, you know, you can't be jumping up and down when, you know, you're logging a ticket for this basic thing and you want somebody to look at it urgently. But if there's no structure around that, how do you actually have that conversation with the customer? You can't. And then and the only time you have that conversa- conversation is when things are not going right. And you've got an R8 customer there and you're trying to tell them, well, actually, what you're asking me to do is not critical. We'll get it done in a few hours. At that point in time, it's the wrong time to have a conversation with the customer and saying as well, 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 Mr. Customer, that isn't the right, you know, that's not, we don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, sort of that sort of thing is don't wait till it's broken to have that conversation wait till before it's broken and say, listen. Um, so yeah, going, I suppose, circling back to the original question, is their customers too big or too, too big or too small? Uh, uh, we've we've looked after big and small. I think it's you've you, if you know your data, which is the key, you can have that conversation and sort of say, you know, maybe it's not profitable, and if it's not, why? Yeah. So at least you don't burn a customer or annoy a customer with no learnings from it. Yeah, absolutely. So we did have a couple of questions come through from that. So it looks like like people like that topic. First one was um, says it's an anonymous attendee, but. When you talk about how many tickets or resources logging, are you referring to closed or open tickets? Um, it shouldn't really matter, right? Because at the end of the day, is the aim of the game is to open at complete, right? Like we, and I'll go back to fast food. We don't talk about how many custom, how many burgers you ordered. I mean, because if you ordered, if if a customer ordered a burger, you got to make it and you got to deliver it. It's the same thing, um, but the the more efficient okay um the more efficient msps are generally going to find different people creating tickets to the ones that work and complete them right um and the thing that we've sort of noticed in the um in the bigger sample you know data based on speaking to a lot of msps what i've actually found is that there is three different groups of msps right you have the smaller msp generally it's the um under 10 technicians right and those are the MSPs that we find um, it, the, 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 their culture is let their technicians enjoy what they're doing. We don't want to police them. We want them to enjoy what they're doing. Um, let them do any ticket, any time kind of stuff. Now, those, those, those MSPs, what we find is their utilisation is lower. We find that their technician to... Uh, or device to technician is under 120. It's generally under 100. Um, we find their utilization is lower. We find, um, th- th- and for them, culture is I want everybody to be happy. I want Alec, he's my techie. I want him to be happy. I want Michael to be happy. I want them to, you know, enjoy what they're doing. That's great. Then we have, we find the sort of the medium sized ones, which is generally the 10 to 20. Um, and these numbers are not black and white, but it's really interesting that we, I, I, we see over and over again. Um, they're the MSPs that now have a dispatcher that they try to have somebody doing level one tickets or tier one tickets as they come in. They're the kind of MSPs that um, have some structure in place and their culture is around um, structure. Like they, they're trying to put, you know, they still want their people to be happy, but there is, there is more like... Um, have fun and let's work through issues together. So let's peer. So if Paul doesn't know how to do it, get Alec to help him and let's work together. 
and their utilisation is sort of about 70%, maybe even 65%. Um, and the third metric, the third thing I sort of will receive that one is um, their, uh, their ratio is about 130 to about 150 to one. So 10 technicians or 20 technicians, they're doing about two and a half thousand endpoints. The, the more mature ones, and once again, it doesn't have to be a size, but the, as the business maturity happens, that's when they sort of get to these points in life and go, you know, that's where the maturity comes into it. But the, the, the more mature MSPs um, are the ones that have a level one technician just doing the level one work or the tier one work tickets come in uh, they're dispatched and sometimes they even have pods of people like they'll have you know pods for different verticals or so forth um, i'm going to leave that aside because i'm a big believer that that's not and i've seen it we've we tried it I, I, so i'm going to leave that one aside so but um, they're generally going to be the msps that have got the more the structure and they're able to achieve more the utilization is higher um, their profitability is higher um, and and it all it all matches in. So I think it's really important to to understand that. And based on the size of MSP, it it really is very obvious as to why these MSPs. Are so and you know what I mentioned before, that sort of um, two million dollars or four million dollar the you know the line in the sand, it actually does equate to the size of their business because based on you know um, ten technicians, you're really going to be bringing in about. $200,000 per tech. So that's about $2 million. So those numbers actually, it's really like, it's, it's funny because when I didn't look at it from that angle, I was just looking at data. I was looking at the people I was speaking to. I was just looking at the taking note of what is the challenges and the numbers just started. It just sort of just matched all in. And I was like, this is really freaky, but yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it's, a, it's always interesting to watch those, especially for you, because you've seen so many different businesses or books, mm. where the numbers are at. So it's cool to see those correlations you can draw from it. Mm. Um, so we did have another one that came through. It says, um, so why does the cost per ticket per endpoint go up during the COVID? Ah, um, it shouldn't go up, but it's the utilization going down, right? So what's happening is the utilization is going down. And, and, the utilization is not really going down, but it is going down. So um, I, a few weeks ago, about a month ago, I spoke to an MSP and uh, this was about two weeks after everybody, you know, started working from home. And I was talking to him and I said to him, uh, you know, how's it all going? And he said, you know, it's really busy. It's cool. Um, and I said, how's, you know, what's, how, what's your team's utilization? And he said, oh, it's, 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 it's improved. I'm like, okay, interesting is your tickets gone up and he said no no our tickets went up but now that everybody's on the vpns and all that kind of stuff i'm like, okay and i said um why do you think like what, what happened and he goes no our team's utilization's gone up we're always sitting around 70 now we're sitting at 75 80 percent i said okay so we kept talking and while we're talking he looked at his numbers and i said so how many tickets did you do and he told me how many tickets he'd logged that last week and, I, and then I asked him to look back to six weeks ago and the ticket came down. The tickets actually had come down, but these team were utilized, his utilization of his team had gone up. And I said to him, I said, like, were you, are you predominantly an on-site MSP, right? Because if you're used to doing stuff on-site, it's, you know, it's doing things remotely, if you're not used to remotely, can be hard because you've got to do the thinking for the person. And anyway, because no, no, a high majority of our work is, uh, 
is um is remote. I said, okay. I said, so if your tickets have gone down, but your utilization's gone up, that's telling me something's not right. That's telling me that your numbers are being fudged by your team, right? I said, I'll be honest. What's telling me is that your your team are identifying that if they're not busy, that there's a chance that their position's going to be made redundant, right? Because yeah, I said, you've got to be really mindful of this is you've got to work through a team, maybe have, you know, take a one or two days off per person per week so you can keep your team if, if, if you need them. I said, but you've got to be mindful of this because you're not going to be able to last financially on the other side of this because based on the numbers I did, his actually, his cost of tickets was up by 28% because his tickets has gone down and his utilization gone up. I'm like, so... Back to that question, that's why the cost is going up. It shouldn't be going up, but it is because of this. And then we look at other MSPs, they're looking at, you know, how do I, um, how do I reduce the cost of my team? It's like our labor is our most expensive part of our business, right? It's really simple, yeah? If I'm paying, I'm paying 40 hours of something, which is called labor every week, yeah? You mentioned it before that, MSP stock take their hardware, like you said, right, in Bevoive, mm -hmm. but they don't stock take their labor because it's very hard. But if, if you had to, I used this, I used this example uh, before I said, if, you had, if everyone on your team had to come to you every hour and give you like, you take something off your, off your bookshelf and give it to him and that's one hour of labor, like it's stock, you'd be very mindful saying, oh, I'm going to pay you another $30. Do I have enough work for you? But it's, it's, it's like this as a service model. Labor is invisible in most cases. And so we don't track it. Working from home just blows that out of the water because we don't have visibility. Um, a lot of people aren't seeing um, their, their ticket numbers until the end of the day. We've got to be very careful, right? We've got to, we've, you know, we've got to stay in business. It's, it's, it's the right thing for us to do. It's for our family. But it's also more important for the rest of our team. You know, sometimes you have to lose one or two of your team to keep everyone else employed than to be out of business and have nobody employed. Absolutely. So on that, you talked about, uh, you know, tracking it and kind of frequency of tracking it. As, you know, as a, as a business owner, you are, you are a numbers guy. You, you are clearly analytical. A, are you watching dashboards? Or is this for you or B, or is this, is this more reporting set up? And, and if it's reporting, how often as a business owner should I be getting those numbers and analyzing them in kind of a light touch and a heavy touch fashion? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll go back to fast food, right? It, it's, it's funny how much of what I say is just like fast food. And, and I wrote a blog of, about a year ago at what's the similarities between fast food and, and an MSP, and there's a lot of them. Um, it's too late. If it's at the end of the day, it is too late. Like we, um, in our MSP, we had a dashboard and Service Tree actually has a dashboard. That is the main screen. It shows every ticket that person's in right now. They can't change the numbers. They can't fudge them. They can't backdate the work. So we changed that because as a technician, if I open a ticket three hours later because I'm now putting my time entry in, there's a high chance that I'm not going to get those numbers wrong. I mean, as a tech, I, I'm thinking about a thousand things the, the fact that I, my, I started that ticket at 136 is not one of those things, right? So at five o'clock when I'm finishing up for the day, I'll go, I worked on that ticket between 1.30 and 2 o'clock and everything's rounded. So the data has to be live. Um, it, it, it's, it's too late. Like I, 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 it's one of those things is if people say they look at the data once a day, at the end of the day, I'm like, what are you going to do now? 
Yeah. What's the point? What can I do with my tech that's only done two hours of, of work, right? At 5 p.m. at night, he's finishing up for the day. What can I do now? Okay, so I go, hey, Mr. Techie, you only did two hours for a day. What can you do? Can you tell him to rewind his day? Can you tell him to work an extra five hours the next day? How is that? That's not leadership. That's not management. That's just, I don't know. I don't want to say what it is, but anyway. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think, I think that's important. And that's one of the things that, you know, for me, I've been in multiple different, different businesses. And um, I think the more increasingly mature the business is, the more you see those daily, weekly, monthly, you know, and, and increasing levels of deep dive into the analytics and the numbers. But um, I know for me, you know, I, I live in that sales and marketing world. So for me, I have a hotspot dashboard way at all times. Mm. I'm seeing just how much data is coming to our website, you know, how many visitors coming mm. to the website or how are our sales doing? And, and that's all at a glance and that's important. I think that's really important, which is, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I know originally we talked about service tree, you know, we ended up partnering together for some of these webinars and things like that because the analytics that you're pulling out are things that traditionally people either weren't looking at or might be a little bit harder to get to. So I really like the approach of that and having that dashboard and that availability. Um, at what point do the numbers tell me, and you talked about how you grew that 50 person number um, and then kind of started figuring out more utilization. And with so much of the numbers, at what point does it tell me I should add or remove people? You know, you talked about that utilization rate per tech and things like that. What are kind of the, red, the I don't know if it's a red flag, but the notifications that it's time for me to make a change in that headcount? Um, and that goes back to the, the comment I had about the hamster wheel. The problem with uh, an MSP model is, especially when you're uh, the small account, now you're going to get to the point that you need to add another person on. And as soon as you add that other person on, the actual profitability hits hits big time, right? So because you're going to have to do that, you know, you're going to have to sort of build it up. Um, in real, in true utilization, 70% um, is actually really good, 70 to 75%. I speak to MSPs that turn around, say 80, 85%. And I'm like, let's do the numbers. And what we sort of see is when the MSPs are doing 85, 90%, they're doing it because they're getting their team to round tickets up to the next 15 minutes. Right. And so, and that is cheating. It's cheating the customer. Like it's cheating because I mean, billing the customer is one thing, but that shouldn't be directly connected to what your team are doing. Um, something that we, we did many years ago is I disconnected the cost of my team and the profit, like the money coming in, because I didn't want my team to feel that they're working for, um, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, that we've got to drive them to do more hours. Right. I, 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 I'm a big believer. Anton, who was my arts manager sort of taught me it's get your people to come into eight solid hours of good work and let them go home and enjoy their day. Right. And so when they come in and they work there, you know, the eight hours that, you know, whatever it is, depending on if you, if you give them lunch, you know, um, breaks and so forth, get them enjoy their day and do that work. But, 70% is a really good target to work to. Um, the, the scary part about that 70% though is 70% utilization means that's also has a direct effect of what you're paying your team per hour, right? So something that like, I remember when I saw, saw this, when I worked this out or somebody worked this out for my MSP, um, on average, burden rate in, is about 30 US dollars an hour for a tech, right? 
That's actually not real though, because that's only $30 an hour if your team is 100% utilized, right? And so you turn around and say, okay, but if my team is only 70% utilized, what is it costing me? It's actually costing you $43 an hour to do tech work. Exactly, right? So yeah. now, so then you turn around and say, that 70% is critical. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I say start off with 70%. If you're getting a real 70% where the data is not funged, then that's a good start and then build up from there. But um, a lot of the tickets are being rounded up. They're being rounded up because the techs are doing it three, four hours later, a day or two later. Um, they're being rounded up because the techs are not storing, writing down the exact minutes. I mean, Autotask has got a stopwatch feature, but <laughs> I don't know anybody that uses it. They forget. So all these things are, you know, have a big impact um, of what a ticket costs us and therefore what it, what's profitable. Um, I'm going to ask you, do you know, Alec, what a minute, if you were able to re reduce a ticket on average by one minute, right? So I mentioned on average a ticket sort of takes 22 minutes. That's based on real data. Mm -hmm. um, based on what the technicians sort of show, average is about 31 minutes per ticket. But do you know if you're able to reduce on average one minute per ticket, do you know how much improves your gross profit as a percentage? I'm going to guess it's staggering. It, it's 2%. It's 2%. Oh, okay. in, in dollars, that's about $3,000 per tech per minute per year. Yeah, in net profit. So if you've got, if you've got 10 techs and you are able to reduce your average ticket from 27 minutes to 26 minutes, 10 techs, that's $30,000 net profit now. Now I switched to net profit from gross profit. And so that's when I turn around and say is, how do you not care at the average time it takes per ticket? Yeah. And so now when you talk, they, people go, okay, I never thought of it that way. And so these are really simple things. I mean, I, utilization, get work on that. But if you can work on the minutes and you can relate that to your team, they can see that it's a lot easier and you're not sort of, um, you're not sort of pushing this percentages and stuff, which a lot of people, um, and they also sort of, what I find is techs also um, end up feeling like they're being driven um, like workhorses. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, on, on, on forums on Reddit, you sort of see a lot of MSPs expecting techs to work eight hours a day or put eight hours of tickets in there. That isn't the culture we want our people. Like, I don't know how many people would want to work at a company that's like that. Right. And so let's, let's mm -hmm. let our people come in, enjoy their job, give them good targets they can work to track the time so that you've got real data to say, yes, you're doing right. You know, or no, you, we need to help you, but you know, hold people accountable to real data. No, absolutely. And actually this is a good segue into a question we just had. Uh, so Harold Mann actually says, hi, Paul, I enjoyed meeting you in Texas. So it sounds like you may have had one of the roadshows or maybe <laughs> the uh, CRN event you went to. Uh, what is the best way to ensure technicians working from home are productive when they're not working on tickets? What's productive, right? So let's just think about it, right? So based on what I just mentioned, which is, it's a good one, right? We're paying our people $43 an hour to work on tech work. So just consider that. What is it that you want? And, and we'll talk about the working from home in a second. You want your team to do as little as possible that isn't working on tickets, right? Because it's very expensive. Now that you're adding the part of working from home, 
you've got to add, put a dollar sign next to everything that you want them to do. Don't, that's not for them to worry about, but sort of say is, listen, don't just expect them to do stuff and then you to go, that was great. You know, value, value everything they do, right? I, I use something, I, I work out value is experience divided by cost. If, I've, if cost is $30 an hour loaded, right, then what they, they've got to do something that's, you know, for the value to be there, they've got to do something that's worth it. Don't get them just to go through IT glue and clean up documentation. Okay. What's, how is, tell me what success looks like there. Yeah. What is successful at cleaning IT glue? What are you going to do? Are you going to update all the document? Tell me what that is. So making sure that they're busy, I think is less relevant as making sure that they're adding value to your organization, especially now, right? You know, it, it's unfortunate that the climate is the way it is, but we've got to be very mindful that we've got cash flow coming in. And so we've got to be mindful where we're spending that cash as well on, on our team. So um, I, I actually would be documentation is, is one that everybody falls back to. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a spanner in the works on that one and say technicians are generally not good document writers, right? Um, they're not, um, and that's why we like I'm a techie, and the reason why if you look at most IT glue and you know it doesn't matter what platform is, I'll just use IT glue. You know, it doesn't matter if it's SharePoint, it doesn't matter if it's Notepad, right? The reason why most documentation is not awesome is because we get text to write them, yeah, and um, there's something called disk, DISC disk profiles, um, and something that I, um, I was fortunate enough to learn about, you know, um, over the last 20 years and more so in the last five or six. Generally, your technicians are going to be an S profile, which is a steady. They don't have attention to detail and they're not generally people that follow process and procedure and, and, um, and are methodical in that way. Okay, keep that in mind. And now we're telling them to write documentation. That's like saying is get somebody that's really crappy at cooking and get them to write a cookbook. Okay. That's not going to be successful. Right. So I would really consider not getting a text to do that. Um, I, I would consider if you don't have the people in house that maybe you, you know, schedule you, you outsource that to even a freelancer to do that kind of stuff because good document writers, um, are people that are going to add value to your documentation. So people actually follow it. A lot of times people don't follow documentation because it's not right or it's, it's, a, it's oblivious to what they're trying to achieve. Um, I know that might not be how I maybe not what you want to be hearing, but I actually wouldn't be getting them to do work. Um, yeah, I would, if you've got enough people that you can even have one day off per person um, and, you know, get, let them um, give them even mandated time off. I would be definitely suggesting that then to get people to um, do other stuff because honestly, you're just paying for it out of your pocket, man. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, I'm sorry to say that, but that's the truth of it all. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, that documentation getting touched up, we definitely just heard what uh, one minute could save you dollar wise on the year. So definitely important. <laughs> We, uh, we did have two more questions came through. Well, it's kind of a two-part question. Um, so obviously you talked a lot about the numbers, kind of what things look like in the industry and then you know, the shift we've taken through COVID. What do you, what's your outlook for Q3, Q4? Do you feel like the math is going to bounce back to where it was pre-COVID? And then if you don't feel like it is, when do you think it will kind of 
return to that. Um, okay, so I'm a techie. I've been in the MSP space. So I will sort of say my view on the world is going to be, it's going to come back. Um, in, and I'll talk about the US market more than anywhere else. It's going to come back. Um, I don't think, it, like everyone is saying, I don't think it's going to come back anywhere near what we all want. Um, the the cost of us doing business is going to go up if we don't manage our cost, right? And I'll go back to our biggest cost in our business is our people. They're also our biggest asset, right? So, you, um, and it is harder for smaller, te- uh, smaller, smaller, you know, MSPs to sort of say, listen, I've only got three people. I can't get rid of one. You've got to work that out. But if you've got one extra resource, you're paying for a friend. Really you are, because if you think about it is, even if it's say 40,000 a year, 50, say $40,000 a year, that is still $40,000 out of your pocket. You know, sometimes, you know, we need to make those hard decisions and, and letting somebody go or changing structure is never an easy thing. It's not, uh, I, I don't enjoy doing it. I don't think anybody does unless you're maybe a bit ruthless, but um, I think it's, it's, we've got to be very mindful. So if we want to be in business, and we all, unless we you know, want to retire, go for it. We've got to be very mindful of what things cost us. Um, I'm, I'm seeing as, uh, what I'm seeing actually at the moment is a lot of MSPs reevaluating their tool stack. Um, there's been a couple in the last two weeks that are thinking about flicking all out of ConnectWise to Autotask or Autotask, Datto and just different combinations. And, um, and they're doing it to try to be more financially um, efficient. And I actually said to one of them, how much resource are you putting into doing that now? Like, think about it. You, you, he had two people working on that. I'm like, the amount of cost that you're going to be doing to do that, is it really going to be more financially? Like, think about it. If you had those two people take two weeks off or three weeks, however many weeks you spent doing that, Think about that. That is going to be like ten, twenty thousand dollars. It's costing you to get you to change platforms, and then you've got the whole learning curve and so forth. Is that a big enough? Is is that something you really should be doing? Why don't you look at what you can do to improve the efficiencies of your team? That's where the money is going. Like, I'll go back to fast food. The biggest cost to an MSP is labor. No different to fast food. So why don't we be more agile about that? And you know having accountability of what our people are doing, having dashboards that show the data as it's happening. These are, these are what we need to do. Don't think a tool is going to fix that problem. Right. Um, so is, is, is the market going to, you know, is the cost of it, it's definitely going to be cost more costly. Um, some MSPs are going to struggle because they've got big spaces that they're renting or leasing out that they needed maybe 20 people that only need 10 or 15. Um, the MSPs I'm talking about are generally expecting a 30% um, uh, haircut. Somebody said that the other day. They said, we're expecting a 30% haircut. I'm like, that's a, pretty, that's a nice way of saying it. Um, so expect that, you know, and, and, I, and I think that's a pretty, um, a pretty, uh, a pretty good guess, uh, unless you're in specific verticals that are either impacted a lot more or impacted a lot less. I think 30% is realistic for the next 12, 18 months. Okay. So one thing I know it's been a recurring theme across these town halls and happy hours and everything else. Um, a lot of people are talking about now, obviously we're managing at home devices, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a personal laptop or just a personal environment. We have at home networks. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a scary time from a tech world. Um, 
you know, I guess two part. Is there anything we we should talk about or think about on that side? And then, um, you know, we're we're talking about going back to work and and things getting back to normal, but there is a lot of, you know, back end thought of we're going to see another wave of this virus, and we very well might likely have to go back to working from home again in the future. So. If that happens, should the MSPs be thinking about adding that as a line of service? Should they be adding that at-home service? And and if so, what are some really important numbers to think about uh, before I just jump into that pool? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, to, to be honest, I'll go back to what I mentioned before. If you don't have an SLA, what are you measuring, right? Um, in in And this is really like vagueness is what nobody likes, right? We all human, it's a human thing for us to like specificity and it's for us to like uh, predictability, right? That's why we sell this whole flat rate model, right? Predictable pricing. The problem that we have is if if we're not clear to our customers what we're supporting, that goes out the door, right? And so all of a sudden, you're now supporting a device that was in a structured environment in the workplace, in the, in the company. You've now taken that device and taken it home and now you're supporting it. Support cost is going to go up because at the time, it's, they're not going to be able to do that ticket on average in 22 minutes, right? So you've got, and, and then the second hit, your customers are saying is we need you to reduce our cost, but really it's costing you more now than before. So if you don't have, you know, it, don't go with a sledgehammer and create contracts that are really, um, uh, you know, very uh, restrictive. But you should have an SLA in place that says, this is what we support. In my MSP, we supported devices. We knew that you had these 32 devices. That's what we supported, right? The users is a, is, is a ad, like, is a, um, uh, it, it's sort of, it's, it's a dynamic thing that's linked to a device. But people's, you know, some people have moved to a per user pricing. That's fine. That's just a pricing model. End of the day, we're supporting the device, yeah? Because if there was no human on that device, there wouldn't be many issues. Look at Linux servers, look at the Windows servers now in the last 10 years, right? It's the humans that create the problem, right? So we've got to be very careful of that. Um, if the way, if we do get our people to work back from home in, you know, in a month or two after going back into the office, we've got to be very mindful of what to expect We've got to be very aware that there is a cost and the cost is higher when working from home, right? Um, so really that sort of, if anything, um, that is a, a sub-element of why things, you know, why it's going to cost you more to service from home. But if you don't have data, what are you going to tell your customer? Oh, no, no, my computers, my staff computers, that we've never had any issues. It's, it's not costing you any more to work from home, right? But if you have data, actually pre-COVID, from our work environment, we average 22 minutes per ticket, right? Now, what we found is that same text working from home, but now supporting devices, our tickets have gone up to 27 minutes. So you can understand our tickets have gone up by 23%. So it actually is costing us more to deliver that. So unfortunately, we are not in a position to reduce our cost when you're working from home. But we're sort of seeing there's a lot of MSPs making it cheaper to work from home. And I'm like, dude, have you actually worked out the metrics here? Like really really numbers matter and um yeah so yeah absolutely i mean you're obviously going to save some money around your office costs and just things like coffee and things like that and that's great but when we look at scary facts like what does you know subtracting or adding a minute on that ticket time can mean for your (laughs) business that the cost of you saving the coffee bill every month is going to quickly get outweighed um i think it's important to look at that 
you, you know, the example I used of that, the um, putting the book back on the shelf, every hour is, every labor is one hour, one book, right? Think about it. 40 hours and we're saying is we want our team and I'm saying is 70% is a good utilization. Like really it should be 75, 80, but anyway, 30% is 12 hours. So each week your team is not doing ticket work for 12 hours. Let's just do $30 an hour. Let's forget the 43, $360 every week. How many cups of coffee per tech per week have you bought? Yeah. Like if you do those numbers and, and this is why it's so important to do those numbers, just to go like, I remember there was a movie where, you know, everybody was walking, there was a symbol over their head. I can't remember, I'm, I'm not a movies person, but there was a, you know, when he was looking through these sort of like um, hate, you know, hard display and there was like a, there was a timer. I can't remember the movie, but there was like a, a countdown of how many, how many minutes before that person passes away. I, was like, I can't remember the movie. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know, what I mean? but think about it that yeah. way. Everything that your team does, there's a dollar sign over it. And if you're able to identify that and, and be aware of it, then you can make decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, the theme of today and really just such an important message to walk out of here is understand every last cost. Nothing, don't let anything go by. And it's not that you have to be insane on the other end. And, and you know, you still have to balance like a culture and make sure people enjoy working and, so people are happy and the culture is good, then they work harder for you. It's just yeah. improving time and time again. Yeah, it, it is. Culture is really important. Um, but I sort of see people using the word culture as sort of like a, um, it's, it's something that's untangible, true, but they throw it as a Band-Aid or as a, as a joker or, you know, a get, a get away with card. Oh, that's why I run my business this way because of my culture or, um, time and time again, it's my people. I've got the best people. Really? Like every other MSP doesn't say that really? Like, did you breed your own people? Right? So it's, it's the culture that we're really talking about. That's what makes our MSP great, but we've got to make sure we invest in that culture. Um, and on, on sort of, I think I'll go back to that point about the three different size MSPs and I'll use an example of the experience we have, right? Because at the end of the day, we've got to put ourselves on the other side, right? Be the customer and see what the experience is. Um, like somebody, another MSP that is changing platforms, um, they're moving from Continuum, uh, they're going to bring it in-house and they're going to start using Service Tree Connect to make it easier for them. Um, and they were, they in Continuum, they use chat support. And they were thinking about using chat support in-house. And I said to him, why? Like, what is it? And he's like, well, da, da, da. I'm like, how did you guys go? How did you go about that? And the service delivery manager said, well, we originally struggled to get people to understand, like to, to buy into it. We had to do a lot of training courses. And I said, and I had the business owner of the MSP on the call. And I said to him, I said, put it, put yourself in the position of your customer. If you're paying your people, you know, being a bookkeeper or whatever, 25, 30 dollars an hour, are you going to be happy with that? your your staff member doing chat support like it's costing you money right so put yourself on the other side of that and then i said think about this you've got a mobile phone from say t-mobile okay that's fine if you had a line item on your bill five dollars for support would you accept anything but proper support you wouldn't would you accept chat support no 
So as an MSP, our, our main item is support. And now we're going to try to get them to do chat support. Like as a customer, I'd be like, hold on, I'm paying you whatever for that. Like that doesn't fly with me. Put yourself in the customer's position and, and see what the customers are going to experience. And so looking back those three sort of maturity of an MSP, the smaller one, their customers are not experiencing um, consistency. All right. It's like going into a restaurant. Um, sometimes the girl will let you go in and sit down where you want. Sometimes there'll be at the, somebody at the front door guiding you in. Sometimes when you sit down, they'll bring you water. Sometimes that you'll have to put your hand up. It's an inconsistent um, experience, right? That's what you'll generally find with a smaller MSP or I'd say the less uh, structured MSP. The sort of the medium size or the more you know, structural MSP it's going to get better. Somebody's always at the door. They'll always take you to the, to the table. But sometimes the girl that's at the door will be your server. Sometimes it'll be a different server. Sometimes, you know, they'll bring your drinks menu. Sometimes they don't. Um, and then at the, the other side of the scale is a restaurant that you always go, you know, you go in, always the person at the door will take you to the seat and then a server will come in there. They'll always send you the same menu. The, the meals are always ref, the same experience. As a, as a consumer, you know which restaurant you're going to want to go to. You don't want to, you don't go, you don't pay money for a lucky dip when you're spending your money, right? So put yourself on the other side as a customer of your business and see yourself. Are they going to get the same experience time and time again? Are they going to get the same experience if Alec helps them, if Peter helps them, if Michael helps them? Are they going to get the same experience if they call at 9.30 at night in the morning or four in the afternoon? Yeah. Are you as the consumer, if you were that person, would you be accepting of that? Right. These are all the things that, and it comes back to customer satisfaction, customer, you know, customer experience. It's so critical post COVID we're all, you know, most MSPs are going to be fighting for new customers and we're going to have to be better than what we were to, to be able to retain those customers. Absolutely. No, I love that. And honestly, some, Phenomenal points today. Some really good data points. Um, you know, I think these are some good homework. Uh, you know, I think if you're a business owner out there and you heard these points today, um, try and take a look. See if you can get the data. If you can't, um, Paul, what's a great way for people to reach out to you? You know, I know um, this, is, this is your bread and butter. <laughs> um, if you go to service-tree.com, you can you can book a demo. But I mean, I I, I enjoy speaking to MSPs, letting them work work through this, um, you know, some of the MSPs that, you know, they're not ready, uh, you know, they're not ready to make that business decision to move to service mm-hmm. Street connect them. Like that one that I just mentioned, I've, I've, we've put it on hold for about a month because I think they need to do some other changes in their business to, to get it right. But, you know, it, it, it's when you think outside the square, when you get the best, you know, get the best out of it. Sometimes it's hard, like being in the same house all day, every day, right? To think, but just think about it. Reset your mind and go, if I had to restart my MSP from scratch today, what would I do different? If I was my customer, what would I want? And 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 just think of it as a brand new reset. And, and not saying you reset your business, but take this opportunity. If you've got staff that you you know, you have to be paying because you can't let them have time off or whatever. Use this time to make those changes and improve your business. So on the other side, when doors start opening again, that you're ready for it. Absolutely. I think that's a uh, great last statement. So <laughs> I do want to uh, just say thank you again, Paul. Uh, appreciate you dialing in. I know it's, it's a weird time of the night for you. So we really appreciate you being here. Um, hopefully we can, you know, we'll talk to you again soon and we'll get you back over to the U.S. once all this craziness yes. passes. 
Yes, I'll be back uh, there soon. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I do want to let everyone know we are going to have a session coming up on Thursday, 1 p.m. We're going to bring back James Byers, talk a little bit further about recruiting in a crisis. What does that look like? Um, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that and what, what trends are seeing now. We're a little bit further into, into uh, you know, COVID craziness or whatever we want to call it. And here, um, you know, from the front line of what that looks like. So, Paul, one more time, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate all the good knowledge. It's always, uh, always great time chatting with you. And I mean, some of the, the correlations between fast food and, and those two worlds, it's, it's wild. But some really good data points there. And I think uh, you left everyone with some you know, pile of homework, but good homework. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully, we hear about all the money that everyone's saving down the road when they uh, when they complete that. No, that's cool. It's all good. Thanks. I mean, thanks for having me. It's, it's great fun. So enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you on Thursday. Take care.